This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. The Houndsman XP podcast is fueled by Joy Dog Food. Joy Dog Food has a rich tradition of supporting the Houndsmen of America. Founded in 1945, Joy is proud of its history and the relationship it has built with the American Houndsmen. And in 76 years, there's never been a recall. Made with 100% American-made high-quality ingredients, Joy Dog Food has one of the highest calorie-dense formulas on the market. For 76 years, this made-in-America product has kept hunting dogs in the field day after day, season after season. And when we say made in America, Joy has a long track record of fighting for American freedoms by being on the front lines against the animal rights movement and their extremist tactics. Joy will fuel your hounds and fight for your freedoms, fueled by Joy. is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in here. The original podcast for the complete Houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up there! Get him! Get him! Yeah! Good boy! Good boy, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many day how many days a week do you spend on As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. <laughs> Briar Creek Kennels is your complete hound hunting outfitter. Boots, lights, collars, and tracking equipment. Dog boxes, kennel supplies, collars, clothes, squalors. Whew, they have it all. Briar Creek Kennel is a garment and dog trade dealer. Owner Chris Girth will ensure Briar Creek Kennel customers will get top of the industry customer service. Whether you purchase from their website or you find them at a major coonhound event, 
Chris and his staff will share expert knowledge and experience about every product they offer. Chris Girth is a top competitor and breeder of hounds. He knows what gear you need to be successful. Look for Briar Creek Kennels on the web for a complete online store or look at their fully stocked trailer at any major coonhound event. Briar Creek Kennels, offering a hound hunting public generations of excellence. I hear your ice again. Let's see if it... No, I think we're good. We're good. (laughs) That sounds like you're banging on a drum. (laughs) That is loud. That is loud. All right. We are at, once again, if you can't tell by the... (laughs) If you can't tell by the noise Jed is making, we are at Trader Inc. World Headquarters, (laughs) a.k.a. Jed's house. And I'm joined by... The man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jed Finley himself, and this is The Truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network. Finley, how you doing? We're doing good. How are you doing, Josh? Not bad, actually. You had a long week. It was a long week on the road with Joy Dog Food, my first week. Yeah, congratulations on the new new job. Thank you. I like it. It was fun. It was great. We, me and Chip, we drove around. We got to visit all them... Uh, Small town feed stores that Joy does a good job promoting and, and providing for. And I mean, it was actually really unique. Got to meet a lot of cool people. That's, I really did. That's always a good thing. It's technically a dream job. You drive around, you go into small towns, and you talk about dogs. Well, you can't beat that. No, that's kind of what I thought. So tell, first of all, since me and Zane recorded, and me and here, let me run this by you. Chris was thinking about. Because I told him, I said, we need to find a, a name for this segment that we do every month. Yeah. Which this is actually going to be two weeks in a row because you weren't here to defend yourself last week. <laughs> but uh, Chris thought about calling it circle points. As in you circle back, talk about the points from the last three weeks. I like it. I do too. I thought it was pretty good. That's I'm going to give, this is, this is me and Jed. Come on, yep. Jed. This is me and Jed giving Chris a hand. And uh, yeah, I think that'll work. I absolutely think Circle that. points. So this will be like circle points, point oh one point something, because yep. this is the second one we've done because you weren't here last week. But anyway, what was how was your mule deer hunt? Your like 230th mule deer hunt in a row without killing a mule deer? I'm telling you, man, they, they're my nemesis. I mean, I've traveled from north to south. I mean, hunted different countries going up to Canada. I've hunted five different states mule deer hunting, and I still haven't killed one. But... In my defense, Did you see, what, what was the biggest one you've seen out there this week? I don't know. I would probably, I can't tell you for sure. I got a glimpse of a good one, um, but he just wasn't quite what I was looking for. I am looking for that one that is nice and big framed and a non-typical. And well, at least you're not picky or anything. No, no. For crying out loud, Finley. What, so what if a hundred and... 85 inch typical came out i would look at it and wave <laughs> i would not shoot it hey, everybody's you got it you everybody's would shoot a 185 inch typical mule deer you would i tell you what i wish we could go out back and see one <laughs> i do too because i'd shoot it if you wouldn't no i everybody has one of those on its wall so not I, everybody has a 190 inch mule deer on their wall jed well i'm saying a typical mule deer most people have hunted mule deer, have a typical one. 
Well, yeah. There's a lot of non-typicals that get killed every year too, Jed. Right. I, you can I, I go right down here to the to the Cabela's in Kansas City, and they got a whole room full of them. I might have to go buy one off. <laughs> <laughs> so no mule deer. Nope. You didn't kill nothing. But you didn't get to give your world hunt recap. Me and Zane gave ours, which wasn't a lot to recap because we didn't win a cast. But you did pretty well with scent, so tell us about it. Well, it uh, it started off rough. Oh. I mean, it was a rough week. I mean, first night, she didn't look real good. Um, second night, we got a little bit better. Third night, we get beat on a tiebreaker. Well... When I got beat on the tiebreaker, I thought, boy, my world hunt, my streak has just come to an end. When's the last time that you didn't get a dog in and be able to hunt on Friday night at the world hunt? I'm not for sure, but I'm pretty sure every year in Salem, I have hunted Friday night. And when did they move that thing to Salem from Aurora? 2004? No, it was Six? like nine or eight or nine. Was it that late? Yeah, because 06, I was hunted Whitey in Aurora. Hmm. So I thought it was like 04, 05 or something like that, mm-mm. which I never did. The only time I went down to the tennis center was at the CHKC World. Yeah, I never did, and my, my experience wasn't the greatest. No, you, you didn't last long. No, I was, I threw, I threw a baby fit. You did. I'll uh, never forget it. Yeah. Because I come back and you were gone. Well. You were off like a prom dress. I was mad. And I haven't been in... A ton of casts, <laughs> and I have it. And I've. This is the only time. That was the only time, I've got cheated. And probably, oh, how many think how many casts? I mean, when I really started hunting PKC was when I started hanging out with you back a decade ago. Yeah. And so I've probably been in, oh, surely a hundred and fifty casts in PKC, maybe. I would say. Yeah. So in a hundred and fifty casts, I've been cheated once. Over money. That thing is loud. That is loud. And uh, I've been cheated once, and that was it. Yep. And that was an all-out cheating. And you and were thrashing was, them. Yeah, I was up like 600. I was up 600-plus <laughs> with 14 minutes to go. I was at or 675 or something. I was like 475-plus, and the closest dog to me was 200 in the hole. And they scratched you. And they scratched me because when I turned dollar loose, they said I kicked him. And it's three-to-one vote. And I went back. And, I'd definitely kick my dog if I was up 475. Yeah, yeah, because that's what you do. <laughs> yeah. With, and there, the 15 can't even catch him. Yeah. I think it was 15 in CHKC, wouldn't it? I don't know, 10, I think. Oh, well, either way. I don't know, they're not around they anymore. Weren't, they weren't going to catch. That's why they're not around anymore, because they <laughs> let the freaking inmates run the asylum. That's why they're not around anymore. Because they had a bunch of crooks running the freaking place, and yep. nobody trusted them, and they quit going to their hunts. Yeah. That's one thing I give credit to PKC for because even though we have some arguments and some discussions and stuff, the professional kennel club is ran by professionals and professionals participate in it and you're not going to get cheated unless you're just, you don't know what you're doing. Well, we try to be professionals. Yes. Let's go. Let's, let's we, take it to that point. We are as professional as you can get in that sport. Correct. I would say, especially the pro classics. Yes. What about your cast during the world hunt? Did you have good cast, good guys, no arguments? Um, I've only had one cast where I think anything even was really got off to a ba- or you know a rough start. But other than that, we had all great casts clear through. Um, Thursday night, got lucky enough to double up. Mm-hmm. Um, dog was starting to get tired. I mean, I am hunting a seven-year-old dog. 
and uh, go out, you know, first thing on Friday night, and we got rain and wind, and I'm like, boy, this ain't good. Well, they end up treeing a couple slicks, which that time of year to tree a slick, you got to be pretty slick. Yeah, it was leaves. Was yeah, leaves on. It was hard to tree. I don't think we. I treat a slick. <laughs> Wait, I got minus on a tree, didn't I? Probably for leaving. <laughs> yeah, she did. She left one Monday night. I'm trying to think. I think I treat a slick. Or seen a slick. Anyway, go ahead. Finish your story. But anyway, um, all I got to do is tree a coon. And we sit out there, pert near the whole cast. And finally, she comes treed, has a coon, move on late round. I, for somehow, some way in this world, go out in late round and draw Brent. Oh, that's right. And we don't like drawing each other because we're good buddies. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of not, always have been. That's a good coon dog. Yes, he is. And so we go out there, and he strikes for 100 and gets treed for 100. And I'm struck for 50, and I'm dancing a jig because, yeah. you know, I struck for 50. Not's usually not a great strike dog. No. I mean, he's a better than ours, but not yeah. like he, he don't babble or nothing. Yeah. So he struck, you know, he got in there, get struck and treed for 100 and 100. And I thought, well... He just shoved it straight in us and broke it off, and we're we're done for tonight. Well, we get in there, and he's on a den, and I'm split about, oh, probably 200 yards away, and I got the coon, you know? And so I'm in the driver's seat. We go to Jack, and he has a coon. So he's at 75 and 100. <clears throat> we come off Jack's tree and sent straight again already. So I tree her and go over there, and I tie her up, and it's an oak tree. I'm thinking, man, we looking good. Well, by this time... Not was treed, so they went to not first. Well, Jack come in and cover him. All I got to do is have a coon here. By the grace of God, <laughs> by the grace of God, the judge circles this tree. I know she missed it. I mean, yeah. I ain't going to lie. She's It was slicker than shit. But we get over there. Um, then we get leash locked, so we have to walk. That's over with now. Eight-tenths of a mile, I think, to this dog. Well, we got to go across these cornrows and we got to walk across them. Everybody was, let's walk around this cornfield. I said, just follow me. So everybody gets in line and we get across there and find that, uh, find that boy's coon. And we cut loose from there. And my dog was completely out of gas and Josh is being loud. And so it's just one of them deals. We, Tell him what I'm doing, Finley. <laughs> Josh is grabbing him a beer. <laughs> okay. But All right, I'm back. so I got beat by a quarter that night, and uh, we come home with her tail tucked between her legs. But that was after you doubled up. Yes. That was on Friday in the late round. Yep. I've made it there the last three years in a mm. row, and it has been just one of those things. I just can't yep. get through that last cast. Last year, we tag team got there with rain. Yep. Uh, the year before that, you got there with shock. shock. Yep. And we lost with rain in the quarterfinals on didn't we? Or, or the the late round Friday. on Friday night. No, I lost early Friday night. No, I hunted Friday night because that's when I took the cat panel back. That out was last year, two years ago. Two years ago, yes, I lost early with you her Friday night. You went on with shock, with shock yeah. and then I got beat late. Yeah, yeah, because that was a cast where I threw a fit about you, about the leash lock. Yes, because she spent forty five. She treated two coons and spent forty five minutes on the leash. Yes. And she was looking sharp. And she was looking very sharp. That was when she barked 
a lot. She was 200 out of the pickup. That don't happen very no, often. No, I struck her for 200 because you remember she was doing that squeal. Yeah. She would squeal on the ground, and, and she still does that, but it ain't very often. No. It's got, she's got to be looking at it before she does it. Yeah. But, no, we had a – I mean, it was a good run. Um, a little disappointing to only get one dog in, but we, we had a good run. Um, hunted some young dogs down there, too, also. So Sammy was behind old hell bitch, and she – you know, she first time being really traveled, and she looked good. She won her cast the first night, and then after that, she just... Didn't she win two earlys or just one early? Just one early. Just one early. Yeah. yeah. But um, going back to this world hunt, my biggest question is, what did it feel like to get beat by airplane? <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't great, but the, here's the thing. Not only did I get beat by airplane... Also got beat by fever and that English dog that I have no idea what its name was. I can't remember. But they all treat more coons than rain did. So it wasn't just airplane that beat me. Yeah. In my defense, everything beat me. <laughs> I just thought I'd better check on that. Yeah. Because, you know, I remember at drawout time and we seen this. Uh-huh. And I screenshot it and sent it to you. And you, you're like, oh boy, I drew airplane. Uh-huh. And then you go up to a place where I figured... And you guys been the first night you went up there. I think you treated like five, six, seven coons or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And you were going right back to the same spot. And the I'm first like, night we was up there with the dog that got second in the World Championship that year. Yeah, because Weed was hunting uh, Marv. Yep, that's the dog he got second with. Right, and he didn't look very good up there. Yeah, and we both got beat. Yep. So I don't know. I I gave a shout out to Kevin Primer, great guide. Yeah. Put us in coons both nights. Rain looked like crap both nights, <laughs> which is normally where she excels. Yeah. Normally where she just, you can treat them as you come to them, and, but she caught that coon out in the corn, and she fought it, and she fought it, and she fought it, and she fought it, all while everything was treeing coons. And that was it. That done me. Hey, at least you didn't have no dogs go back her. Mm-mm. Nope, nothing went in there and covered her. Yeah, uh, She didn't leave anything. So, yeah, I mean, we were, we were making baby steps. Yeah. She looked pretty good on, that was Wednesday, right? No, that was, that was yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday night. What did I do on Thursday? I lost. You got beat. But I can't remember what she did. Oh, that was when she treated that coon with Croson in there. Yeah. She had that coon in the den. We couldn't plus it because you just, it just looked like a black spot. See it, see it through the thermal. Couldn't see it through the, that was bad luck. But so, anyway, yeah. we had a good, I mean, all in all, we had a decent world hunt. So what else has been going on, Jed? Nothing. Now we got to look forward to a lot of big hunts coming up, you know, this this winter. And That uh, is one thing we wanted to mention is it's going to be a, a action-packed winter. Yeah, and it all starts the first week of December here in Missouri at La Plata for the Bear Creek Shootout. And there is, last time I checked, I think there was like eight entries left. No, it's full. Is it full? It is full. That is going to be, and we haven't, you've been mule deer hunting. And now it's rifle season here. Now in it's deer season. So I ain't hunting. I've started my new job, so I couldn't hunt last week. Yeah. I was I was traveling all week last week. And we were gonna bring I remember when we left the world hunt. We had an entry for Buffalo. And, and still we got were gonna it. we were gonna go to Quapaw. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you haven't got that sold yet? No, but if anybody out there listening wants to go, <laughs> hit me up because it is over Thanksgiving. It's over Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I'm I'm guessing if you hear this Thanksgiving morning. Well, this is this one here is going to air Thursday. This, oh, we're, so we're, we're good. Yeah, we're recording this we'll on give Saturday. You a week heads it's going to air on Thursday. We'll yeah. Give, weeks heads yeah. up. But anyway, no, I got Jason Klom. He's 
stepping up the plate for me. And he's my gonna, man. He's going to hunt the entry for me there if I can't go. make it. Is he hunting on Rex? He's going to hunt on Rex. Oh, you know the sad part is? I got to pay the dang entry for him to hunt him. Well. But I can tell you one thing. Old Rex pulls through. I'll hey, cheers to that. We're just going to tell Clom right now that if we don't want him doing like he did at the Black IP. Oh, absolutely not. No. Like if he can win the cast and maybe lie just a little bit, not a lot. I mean, don't go out there and be blatant. But just 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 don't tell the complete truth if it's yeah. just a little white lie. Yeah. <laughs> we like them half truth. <laughs> But no, and you guys, we talked about that on this podcast, didn't we? The very mm-hmm. first one. Yep. That was when Clom, his dog moved. The judge didn't know it. And it was a non-hunting judge. And the only person that knew it really was Clom. I guess Moody, no, Moody Mo- and... No, Clom, Clom didn't, didn't even know. know. That's Moody right. Moody and Eddie Simmons. Yeah, did. Moody and Mr. Eddie said, hey, that dog moved. And Clom said, well, if it moved, it moved. And that was like an $18,000... Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we want... I, I'm hoping he's not that honest with my money. <laughs> <laughs> that's always my knock. Or that's always Jed's knock when I'm hunting. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I, that's I won't right. ever do nothing like that either. But even I, you know, because I've always said, don't cheat. Don't blatantly cheat. Don't do nothing like that. But it's, it's the non-hunting judge's responsibility. Don't minus yourself. I always say that. Now, as a non-hunting judge, when I am a non-hunting judge and people minus themselves, I love it. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate it. Keep You're doing my hero. It. Yes. Oh, then they, and I ask them, is that dog moving? And they'll say, yeah, that dog's moving. Go ahead and mine him. Great. Perfect. Very sportsmanlike, and I love it. But, <laughs> but, new handlers, if you listen to this, don't do that. No. No. It is the judge. I can hear them dogs move. I know what happened. Now, don't argue with the judge when he throws a fit. Make sure, don't throw a fit. Make sure and take your minus. But if you're a new handler, it's the judge's responsibility to do that stuff. Absolutely. And so don't, don't, I don't minus, I've never minus my own dog. Only time I've minus my own dog is if they've moved at least a half mile. That's my rule of thumb. I've minused them on trees before. Yeah, but it's yeah, that's because you knew you were going to eat it anyway. <laughs> yeah, you knew. Yeah, but you knew. That's the only time I do it too. I know I'm going to eat it, yeah. so I just go ahead and do it. But yeah, that's if there's any new handler tips, that's yeah. one of them. Don't minus your own dog because huh, I'll tell a story on me. Just down at Sean's at the woodshed, Rain left a tree, the first tree of the night. Mm-hmm. And she left it, and I mean made a big circle. Now, Jock had come in there and treed with her, and Rain had shut up, but Yant had treed Jock, so the two couldn't catch me. And I bet you Rain got, Mike Kinsley was judging, and this is all this is all on the dog trail, because Rain never said a word during all this. Now, she shut up, but she left that tree and went a good 200 yards out away from that tree and made a big circle and came back in there to it and started treeing again. And I'm setting a quarter and a hundred on this tree. She treed the coon, but Jock come in there not long, maybe 45 seconds after her, 30, 45 seconds after her. And when he got there, she peeled out, made a big circle, came back. I never said a word. I never said, go ahead and minus rain. She's left. I never said any of that. Yep. I kept my mouth shut. Rain comes back in there, gets treed. That's it. And then you went on to win the cast. I did go on to win the cast and got second. And when we hunted it off, and what that pay? $3,500 or something yep. like that. And if she took that minus, she wouldn't have won that cast. That's right. So did I cheat? 
No. It's and Hensley didn't do anything wrong. Yant didn't do anything wrong. Nobody did anything wrong. But it's the non-hunting judge's responsibility to do all that. Yep. And the dog never really gave anybody any reason. If I didn't, if I wasn't looking at my Garmin, I never would have known because Rain shoes. Yeah. She shuts up all the time. If yep. I wasn't looking at my tracker, I never would have known she left that tree anyway. Yep. But I did. So anyway, that's my advice to new handlers. Don't minus your own dog. You never know. Unless you really, 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 really know. <laughs> then you can mind it. So. But otherwise, uh, no, it's been, it's just going to be a busy, busy fall, rest of the fall and winter. And we go from that, and then we'll be heading down to uh, Lone Star. And then we got the Black IP. And if, Jed, I want to know, I want to hear your history on the Lone Star. Because 2004? Eight, twelve. When was the first time you went down there? Two thousand four, wasn't it? No, first time I ever went down there was two thousand two. Two. Okay. Yep. And you've been going down there every year since. Yes. So from two thousand two, this will be your nineteenth year. Yes. I've no, been, this will be your twenty second or twentieth year. Yeah. This will be your. I've I've been going as long as the Jewett Classic's been going on. So yeah. I don't know how long that's been, but yeah. Tell us about that week, because I don't. I mean, I everybody. I think that'll be the last open event that goes away. Absolutely. I think it will. Yep. I think they'll all go away eventually. I really do. But I bet you the Lone Star 5000 doesn't go in the Jewett Classic and the Lone Star together. I bet that doesn't go away for another two or three decades. Yeah. I mean, that one's, that's as good a hunt as there is. The, uh, the biggest thing that drew me to it, I think, was the hospitality you get when you go down there. The people are second to none. Um you got big places to hunt. Yeah, it can be thick, and people complain about yopons and stuff, but, you know, that can be anywhere. You can get to a briar patch, you know, in Illinois. Just look at the one me and Credence got into that's, the other night right, right behind the house. Yeah. Impenetrable. I, so, I mean, it's just one of those deals that you can get in thick stuff anywhere, but Texas, why I like it, I mean, you, for one, it's usually colder and cold up here. So you get down there, you're in some good weather, um, and it's beautiful hunting. I mean, for the most part, it's really beautiful hunting. I mean, you got junior, you got flop, you got, oh, un, I can't even name them all. Just a ton of guys that have these big, beautiful ranches that you can hunt and tree a lot of coons. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when you're looking at, you know, you can go up to Michigan Madness and you got to hunt a little smaller areas, but you can pile up a score. Well, down there, you're scoring five, six hundred to get in, but you're treeing seven, eight, nine coons in that cast too. You know, so it's pretty it's pretty compatible to anywhere across the country for coon population wise. Um, not only that, but I mean, I was fortunate enough to have Kevin guide me the first year I was down there, and he guided me four nights in a row. And what we, are the odds of that, first of all? Not very good. Not very good, because they were packing a hundred dogs yeah, in there every there's night. There's a hundred and fifty 150 175 dogs every night when that first started and uh we become friends and you know i got blessed with having the camp to stay at you know and watching these kids grow up and it's just been a blessing you know knowing those guys and now we get into the hog hunting while we're Mm -hmm. down there and you know we make it a week and it's a lot of good times i'm gonna brag on kevin too because for some reason now that was not my (laughs) phone that was josh's phone first time ever but anyway (laughs) back to kevin uh 
what was it, 2015, first year I went down yep. there? Yep. And so I go down there in 2015. Now keep in mind, Jed is my best friend, best friend in the world, <laughs> but not the most likable guy on the planet. <laughs> no. And so I'm what, the 10th guy you've drugged down there to oh, help you drive? At least. And Kevin, knowing this, Kevin just took me under his wing like I was his, his best friend too, even though that he'd had nine other of those in the 10 years prior, knowing that Jed runs them off and they won't come back the next year. I've stayed with different people at camp every year since we've been down there. I think, yeah. Every year. I think yep. Ty made it two years, didn't he? Yeah, I think time. Yeah, time made it a couple of years, but I mean, we had had uh, Brent down there last year, and Brent just about ran me out of camp <laughs> <laughs> for completely. I love Brent, but for completely different reasons than you'd think. And uh, the year before that was somebody else, and the year before that was somebody I can't remember. And hey. so, but anyway, kudos to Kevin. Kevin, if you're listening to this, thank you for dealing with all these people that Jed run off and then still being nice to me. This is six years in a row I've been down there. And thanks for, I'm just going to just give a big shout out to Kevin. Still welcome me on the place. Hey, he's he's a great dude. Um, and, you know, Ke Kevin actually mentioned the, after we left that one year, he's like, you know, Josh, he can come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he told me that. He said, so, you know, everyone always comes down here for a year. He goes, I thought it was me running them off for a while. He goes, then I realized it was Jed. <laughs> but, no, I mean, the places went it's from a, a dirt floor. Yeah. I mean, when I first started staying down there, it was a dirt floor. I mean, we didn't – it wasn't much, and Kevin has fixed it up. And He's done a lot of work that Now place. we got – last year we got our kennels yeah. down there now. So Ryan brought them kennels down. What are they, a four-dog run, three-dog three run? Three-dog run. Three-dog run. Beautiful kennels. Yep. And they're just like what I have now. After we got those down there at camp, I ordered two double runs off mm -hmm. Ryan, you know, and that's what I have now. My dog's in just, just wonderful kennels. It's a great setup. Yeah. We even got TV now. Yeah, we got TV. We got Dish Network. I mean. We're going to have to plow. A drop. Michaela's <laughs> Construction's going to have to put some fiber out there. Yeah. Because it's kind of out in the middle of boonies and the internet's a little sketchy sometimes. But other than that, it's a great place to stay. Yeah. But like you said, the Lone Star 5000 is unique. Yes. There are a lot of open events. And there's a lot of open events that uh, you just name them. You think of the Bear Creek Classic. You think of Michigan Madness. You think of, uh, you know, there's some others. <laughs> Bear Creek. Uh, the, one, the one at Greensburg during Autumn Oaks. Labor Day Classic. Labor Day Classic. Yeah. You know, those are, which it ain't even an open event anymore. No, it's that's. A, they switched that last legacies. year or two years ago to Legacy. And so with the legacy hunts and the pro classics and things like that, these week-long open events where you go down there and you pay 50 bucks and you get a hunt with some of the greats. Because mm -hmm. everybody's there. Usually. Everybody is still goes to the Lone Star. I'm talking guys from Michigan and, and Ohio. And but that, that goes to tell you how, how good of a place it it's is. It's got nothing to do with the entry. It's got yep. nothing to do with the money that you can win. It's got nothing to do with any of that. Yeah. We, that's the only open event we'll go to that, all year. That was the original place for the Pro, pro Classic, too. Yes. Which was the... Um, yeah, it was $1,000. Yeah, yeah, it was $1,000. And everybody thought, man, this is crazy. These guys are parading these dogs in and mm -hmm. spending $1,000 to hunt these dogs. And I'm telling you, since then, it's just went woof. I encourage know. everybody to go experience that. 
Absolutely. Because they, they have huge steak dinner. Oh, and great steak. Not just like, oh, we're going to throw in a bunch of Walmart <laughs> sirloins in there. These are freaking good steaks. Yeah. They have a huge steak dinner. Uh, they auction the dogs off for the Pro Classic. There's, the the FFA actually puts yeah. on the yep, steak yep. dinners down there at Iola. And then um, up at the Jewett Hunt, the Cowboy Church does it. Yes, yes. So they do briskets. They auction off briskets, yep. cakes, you name it. And they auction all that stuff off. It all goes to a good cause. Um, it's a family, more of a family-oriented hunt, yep. too, because the community really comes out and supports this it. This is the only time that I see guys like me and you and the the Ryan Crowsons and the and the guys like that, that that travel around and hunt for money that go to an event just because of the atmosphere. Oh, absolutely. That's the only event that we go to just because of pure atmosphere. And and kudos to them guys down there because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And we look forward to it every year. I mean, I know the years that I can't go, I'm just sick to my stomach yeah. about not being able to go down there because that is the most fun you can have at a coon hunt. Absolutely. I really do believe that. The world hunt's fun because everybody's there. Yep. But you're not staying at a camp. You're yep. not doing the stuff. You're, and you're really worried about winning. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of pressure at the world hunt. We're at the Lone Star. You know, you, you lose, you lose 50 bucks. It ain't that big a deal. You win a cash, you get your money back. You don't get in the final four. We make more money in the in the camp pot than we yeah. do actually winning at a, if we got in and won it off, hunted it off and won, yeah. you know. I think Kevin's won the camp pot about every year. Yeah, I think he does. We just leave the camp pot for Kevin. He deserves it. He put up with Jed for 20 years. He deserves more than that. Yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> but, yeah, we get a hog hunt during the day. We get a, you know, it's just, it's a great hunt. And yep. I can't brag on it enough. And I can't brag on the area enough. Yeah. Because you look at uh, the Lone Star Shootout. Yep. We were at, we were at the Black Eyed Pea. Yep. We, I, we went down to hunt. We stayed, oh, yeah, Vans. Yep. Yeah, we stayed at Kevin's yep. uh, two or three days and then went up to Vans to the Black yep. IP. And Jed was telling me about this Lone Star shootout thing he had going on and whether it would fill and all this stuff. And I'm like, Jed, that ain't going to fill. I said, you're crazy. I said, there aren't 64, or 64 people that'll pay $2,500 or $5,000. No, no, $2,500. $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2, $2
10 years, six, seven, eight, nine years. I don't know how long ago. It was a long time ago. And I got to hunt against, well, Joe Manning was on the cast, the world champion now, mm-hmm. you know. And so Chris Collins, I think, was in. I've, I've drawn all kinds of them Texas guys down there that are that are winning, have won big or ever been around for a while. You know, you get, for $50, you can go out and you can draw me, you can draw Jed Finley, you can draw a world champion, you can draw a, a guy Manning, which is legendary, awesome, a legend in the sport. Yep. Who... I don't. I haven't told. I haven't asked guy yet. But guy's gonna let me. I'm gonna get him on the podcast whether he likes it. I don't care if I have to sneak it in. <laughs> guy's getting on the podcast. But uh, man, I just can't brag on it enough. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten to where we're we're looking for retirement homes down there. Yep. We're looking for farms to buy and stuff. Yep. I mean, it's a fantastic part of the world. I wouldn't want to be down there in July. Nope. July, August, September. Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. Keep me out. But man, for two or three months a year, that is the best place yep. in the world. Yeah, is from- East Texas. January to February, I mean, I, I'm down there a lot in those two, uh, those two months, and I, I just every time I leave, I want to be right back. Yep. Great. And then after that, we have. Uh, are we doing another Lone Star shootout down there? I have still yet to get a hold of Cole to find out for sure. Okay. But we are. I know the game plan was to, but I don't know. Yeah. You know, we'll have to verify that at a later date then. But we'll have the Black IP, and then if we get through and have the Lone Star Shootout, we'll have that in February. The Black IP was the first $6,500 entry the PKC yes. sanctioned. Yep. And the breakfast burritos alone are worth it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Them gals that cook down there do the best job. They do a fantastic yep. job. And so South Texas, love it. It's actually or not East, sa- East Texas. <laughs> I don't love South Texas. I don't know why I said South Texas. I freaking hate South Texas. I'd done a job down there. It was miserable. But anyway, East Texas is great. Uh, Leon County, around yep. Buffalo, Iola, Jewett, all that country is just yep. wonderful people. And then we go into the Bear Creek pretty much. Yeah, Nationals, Bear Creek. Yep. I mean, it's any more, in my opinion, there's getting to be a few too many hunts. Tell me about it, Finley. I feel like you're looking at me like you got that serious face and you want you want to express yourself. Go ahead. I just feel that there's getting to be too many hunts. And I think what we're gonna end up doing is running ourselves out of our own hunts. Because the normal person can't travel to a twenty five hundred dollar entry fee every weekend like it has been. And last year, we kind of seen a little glimpse of it where they were getting harder to fill and stuff like that, and a lot more were getting canceled. I just have a feeling that down the road, that is the same place we're going to be um, because when why drive, drive five, six hours to a hunt when you can go to one next weekend two hours from your house? Well, and that's what it's becoming. What have we skipped since the world hunt? A lot. Everything. Yeah. And the only reason we're going to La Plata... It's because it's 45 minutes from my house. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When that, that in that form. If that format was somewhere else, we'd probably be there. Well, absolutely. Yeah. I come up with it. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, credit to Jed for that format. I hate, and normally everyone's like, man, Jed had a good idea. I'm like, yeah, that was my idea. <laughs> I'm the one who did that. <laughs> but I can't, I can't even take credit for this one. That was all Finley. He never even ran it by me. Nope. I no, you just did it. I did yeah, it. Yeah, anyway. I um, liked the sounds of it, so I did it. 
So yeah, too many hunts. Yep. But do and here's the thing I think about having having too many coon hunts is especially on the level of say a thousand dollar entry or better. Mm-hmm. Which I think the thousand dollars is the new three hundred. Oh, absolutely it because is. Because I remember when paying three hundred dollars for an entry was a huge deal. I still remember my first one. And I was scared to freaking death and it wasn't even my entry. It was your entry. Yeah. The first time I hunted in a three hundred or two hundred and fifty dollar or above entry was a pro hunt where I handled Bella when she was a baby. I mean, and Shine. And Shine's still alive too. Oh Shine's yeah. Shine's still alive. Bella's gone. Well, just just one but thing it was the about, pro hunt it was the pro hunt at La Plata. Yeah, and it was hot. Oh God, I about died. I'm in there in the middle of a cardiac event. I've got erlichia so bad that it's affected my heart. I'm still on medication to this day because of it. <laughs> and I'm hunting these dogs on my nervous wreck. That may have been why I had a heart attack from it. <laughs> it might have been. It was 137 degrees, I think. Yeah. In July. Yeah. But I still remember it, not because of that. But I was Jed called me. I'm at work. Jed calls me. He says, hey, you had a family member pass, if I yep. remember right, yep. and you had to go to the funeral. You said, I've got two pro hunt entries. I got an early and late at La Plata. Will you hunt them? And these were, were they 300 at the time or were they 250? 300. That's they were when 300. They, yeah, that's that was when the they year switched. they switched. Yep. And I said, yes. And immediately when I hung up the phone, I was a nervous wreck. Because <laughs> now I hunt with like a $6,500 of Jed's and I don't even worry, but... <laughs> Back then, I'm like, I'm hunting Jed's money. I'm not doing anything. I haven't done anything to get these dogs ready. We'd pleasure hunted some, me and you together, but I'm working 60, 70 hours a week. Yeah, and it is the middle of summer, so you were working a lot of hours. Yes, I wasn't just coon hunting all the time, and I'm scared to death. I'm thinking, I've got to win. got my ass kicked both casts. (laughs) And then he calls me. He goes, I got bait. And I said, well... Hey, appreciate you going. Yeah. Jed Otherwise, was all, I was going to eat them. Not you know? only did Jed do that, but he had a real fancy motel and everything yeah. set up for me. I took the wife and kids. It was great. But I was a nervous wreck. I wanted to win, and I didn't. But that was a huge deal. Yeah. And I think guys like me and you and these guys that are at these hunts quite a bit, they, we forget about that. Oh, yeah. How big of a deal that is to people that are just getting started out. But anyway, $1,000 is the new 300 well, I still remember the first time that I spent a thousand dollars on an entry down at the Lone Star. You didn't have the money either. I didn't have the money in my bank account, <laughs> and I buy an entry down there because I done one a little bit during got in during the week, and so I bought this entry. Was that with Whitey or was that with Hope? No, that was with Trader. Oh, that was a Trader. Yeah. Okay. I was still broke when I got Trader. <laughs> I spent everything I had on Trader. <laughs> that wasn't much. But, I mean, and then I got him in, and, you know, that it's just one of them deals. And I re- I do remember when you had to win. Yes, you had to win. And I've always told Jed that you can't, and I've said this before to a bunch of people, you can't go to a coon hunt and have to win. Oh, no. No, I mean, that's a bad policy. I've done been through that. It ain't worth it. No, because you, you'll do things you ain't proud of to get that money. Yep. And that's not a situation anybody wants to be in. It makes it miserable on people that... Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm I'm hunting on your money, or even when I'm hunting on my money, I make sure that it is I can afford it. Yeah. That if I lose, it's no big deal, yep. and then the cast is easier. Everything goes better. But we were talking about the three hundred being the new thousand. Yes, and we were talking about too many hunts. Yes. And so, when PKC first started these high entry fee hunts, 
It was the 6500. There was no 2500 Pro Classic. No. No 500. No, not. There was no Pro Classics, period. I think there was like two. You could do a 200 or a 300. I don't even know if they had that at that time. I think that came after. It might have. We'll have to double check with, with PKC to be sure, but I think that came after. There was Pro Hunts. Yep. And then their first Pro Classics, I believe, were 6500. Yeah. And they had just had two. Mm-hmm. The first year they had the Black IP, the second year they had the Black IP, and then the one in Illinois. Yes. Right? Yep. Now there's four. Now there's four. But how? I don't even know how many $2,500 Pro Classics there are. Uh, 2500 5000 Yeah. yeah. I mean, Anywhere the, from 300 up. Yeah. And there is one every weekend. Yes. And so it's gotten to where now there's... When's the last time we were at an open event? I can't even... Lone Star. Yeah, I think it's, it'll be a year. Yeah. I don't remember... We don't hunt any local hunts. I mean, we try I do. to. We, you do, but I don't. Yeah. I mean, you try to support the local clubs. You go over to Glens. Mm-hmm. You have some at Mercer. You go to Eagleville. But I'm working, and especially now, I'm on the road for for joy. I'm not going to hunt any. I and got, to be honest, I don't want to hunt any. I got to take my junk somewhere to see if we can even <laughs> win. <laughs> but I don't. I mean, you can go to a coon hunt every night. Mm-hmm. And you can go to a pro classic. Every, Every weekend. weekend. But as long as I, I, I agree with you, there's a lot of coon hunts, and they don't mean the same that they did five years ago. Prime example. Okay, let me hear it. Prime example. All-time leader. Yeah. Z just took it over. He did. Him and Weed. Yep. My guess at the rate this is going. Mm-hmm the way these hunts are going, that all-time leaderboard, I'd say 200,000. If things keep going the way they're going, 200,000 won't even be in the top 20. You think so? Guaranteed. Right now, because they're talking about doing that $100,000 PKC hunt. Yeah. There's a Somebody wins it, that's $100,000 going on their dog. Okay, you're in the top 20. Yep. Say that dog is half as good as what it should be to win 100000 because there are going to be some good dogs at that $100,000 mm-hmm. hunt. Say it's half as good as what it's supposed to be. So say it goes on and wins half its cast the rest of its life, and that's all they go to. Yeah. That's a lot of money. It is. And so, but when we're talking about the goat, yep, greatest dog of all time. I don't. I, I haven't hunted. Have you hunted with Z? Yes. I see. I've not hunted with Z. Yep. And I, I have no doubt that Z is probably a really, really good dog. But, and I'm gonna have to ask Dustin. And first of all, let's congratulate we. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. congratulations. Heck of an accomplishment. They've done great I mean, things he's with done that it with dog. Two, basically, done it with two dogs. Yes. Weed. Weed's got to be. He's over six hundred some thousand dollars, yeah. and he's got to be the best dog handler ever. I hate to, I mean, I don't want to go there. Uh, hey, I'm going to say one thing. What? Weed wins. Weed wins. And that's what it takes to be the best right. PKC but, handler of all time. But if you go back to the glory days, let's say. Oh, now you're getting old school. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to the old school <laughs> days. Right. But if you give Ronnie Bone, those yeah. guys, the opportunity to hunt for Ricky Hawkins, prime example. Yeah. How many times did he win the Russ Meyer hunt? 
I don't remember. I know he won it one year when he was turkey hunting with me. And I don't know. I never kept track. Al yeah. Noneman, another one. Yeah. I know Al Noneman won that three nights in a row with Inot. Yeah. But you take those people back and put these hunts in that situation. That's true. You never know. I mean, those there's a lot of good dogs but you also that got, passed away before their time. But you also got to look at what we did with Down before Absolutely. all this. I'm not saying I'm not saying weed ain't yeah. a great handler. But we one of the one yeah. of the best handlers ever has been in coon no. hunting. But there's a lot of guys that are out of it now. That's true. That never had the opportunity to win the money that weed has now. And I'm going to give another shout out to Dustin. Is I've drawn him a few times, I've judged him a few times, and he's always been great. I've never had a problem with weed. Anybody that that hunts in all these hunts, and Jed, you've experienced this. I even I have. I've had guys say that I did, and I and anybody that knows me knows that I absolutely I cheated once. I did. I I flat out cheated a guy once when I was about twenty years old, when uh, Jane treated that cat and that grand night <laughs> cast in a UKC hunt. <laughs> And you punched it out. <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and tell the story. And so I'm at a UKC hunt. I'm probably 20 years old. I've, I don't I was, know if I'd tell this. Alan might look back up record to take that <laughs> off Jane's wind. I didn't even win the cast. The guy ended up beating me. Mm. And so uh, I'm hunting. That's what you get for cheating. Yes, I'm hunting for Tom Cooney at the time. I'm training young dogs for Tom, Tom Cooney. I'm not really going to any hunts. But he had a dog he called Satan that was out of coma. It was a pretty good coon dog. And I had him down there, and I was hunting him. He wanted me to take him to some UKC hunts. He goes, I'll pay your entry, pay your gas, whatever. And so I go up to Troy, Iowa, club that's still going on. Mm-hmm. This was, it had been in 2000, 2001, somewhere around there, 20 years ago. And uh, there was an old boy, and I, I, I can't remember his name. There's a guy that went up there, and he, it was, if it was any kind of sectional or breed day or anything like that, he'd take his grand night, and nobody else would show up. And he'd hunt it by itself and take the trophy home. And the guy had pretty good coon dogs. He had dogs that would tree coons. He did. And uh, Jeremy was up there and Mark Ruddy, my brother Jeremy, Mark Ruddy was up there. And Ruddy had a female called G.I. Jane. You remember G.I. Jane? Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good coon dog. And I was hunting Satan in the open. And uh, Jeremy goes, hey, handle Jane against this guy that hunts these grand night dogs by himself all the time and beat beat his brakes off. And we'll teach him a lesson. I said, all right. Now, I'm a young man. I was uh, partaking in particular activities at night, you know, when I was at Kuna, and I was going to parties, and I was doing stupid stuff like young men do. I was in college. Well, the night before, I had gotten into a fight at a party, (laughs) and uh, this kid had done a number on me, and I had it coming. (laughs) I I probably deserved it. But it, he he beat on me hard enough that every time I looked up, I, I, I would almost black out. <laughs> and so I show up at this coon hunt the next day all black and blue, and uh, I'm hunting Jane. Uh, Jeremy talks me into hunting Jane, and we draw out. And we turn loose, and Jane's 100 and 100 and a quarter on this tree. And Jane was pretty honest dog. She didn't make many mistakes. She's a pretty good coon dog. And she goes in, and she makes this tree, and I tree her. And this guy, I believe it was a black and tan he was hunting. This black and tan don't cover. He trails on out. And we go in there, and she's got this house cat. And we all see it walking in. And this this thing's right above her in this little evergreen tree. There's this big black tomcat. And, I mean, he was probably 
He wasn't over six or six and a half foot tall. I know that. And uh, I walked in there to leash Jane up, and they put their lights down, and I just reached up there and batted that cat out of that tree. And it went up into a great big maple, so they couldn't minus it. And so we started the shine time. And as soon as we start the shine time, they all turn their lights on in that spot where that cat was. There's no cat. And they shine, and they shine, and they shine. I, we had a non-hunting judge. And... Uh, about four minutes into shine time, that guy goes, hey, where's that cat? I said, what cat? <laughs> I said, I don't know what you're talking about. And so uh, I get that tree circled. We recut. Ends up, Jane trees two coons. This black dog trees two coons. And they were split all night. Nothing covered each other. These pretty good coon dogs. And uh, but he had me on strike out of the pickup. Well, at the end of the cast, I get to tr cut Jane loose before he gets treed on his second coon. Jane gets treed with 30 seconds left to go in this hunt while we're shining his second coon, and I treat her. And so if she's got this coon, I win this cast. Well, I can't hardly look up. I mean, every time I look up, I feel like I'm going to die. And so we get in there, and she's in this, in this brush, and a great big, huge tree. I know she's got a coon. Jane never missed. I ain't saying she never missed, but she rarely missed. <laughs> And so the only way you can look at this tree is straight up from about the base of it to see it very good. And every time I look up, I'm, I'm seeing stars. And so I asked that old boy, and I said, hey, you want to help me shine this tree? I've done fell over twice trying to shine this tree. And I said, you want to shine this tree? He goes, you know what? And I said, what? He goes, you shouldn't have knocked that cat out. <laughs> <laughs> he knew exactly what I'd done. He never, turned, he never put his light in that tree one time, and you know what? I had that coming. Yeah. But anyway, that's the one time I cheated, so I went ahead and finished that story up. But uh, what were we even talking about? Too many hunts. Too many hunts. And, but you don't want to, and I know they're not, it seems like they're not as important as they used to be, but you also don't want to take opportunity from somebody. No, I agree with you, but I think if you limited it to maybe two $2,500 hunts a month. Mm-hmm. Because right now they basically do a $6,500 entry fee hunt a quarter. Yeah. Which I think that's, that's about a, right. Yeah, that's, that's about a great right. Idea. You don't want to add any more. <clears throat> Correct. But now you're starting to add in, I mean, just like right now that you got that $4,000 hunt down in Tennessee right now. Um, yeah, I don't even know. That's a bad thing is now, that, especially with pro sports coming on too. Yeah, you don't, I mean, it's hard to keep track. Yeah. I mean, I agree that I I know it's a business. I'm just I'm a businessman. Roger Dale, love you to death, bud, but slow them down, and because it's going to burn them out sooner or later. Eventually, it's just going to happen. But I don't know. Nature of the it, beast. It is, and it's tough. That's a tough decision to make because. I've always been a proponent of more hunts, more hunts, more hunts, because even if they don't feel, at least someone has an opportunity to buy that entry. I understand, but when you can't fill them, there's no sense having them. Well, that's, that's true. Because too. are you going to book one here in Missouri and one in Oklahoma and one in Arkansas? What if they all fail? Well, what's wrong with that? Well, then how are you going to be three places at one time? Well, surely you wouldn't buy an entry to all three hunts at the same what time. What I'm saying, though, is if it gets to the point where they're not filling and you well, want to go that. to one that weekend. They've done that with the pro hunts. What? They got to where they weren't filling and they changed them. 
They quit them. No, they're they're back. They're back. We've got one that fit. I don't. Did it fill with sixty four? I don't think it quite had. I don't quote me. I don't think it quite had sixty four, but it was enough to have the hunt. Right. And that is a great format. It how is. they're doing? I like how they're doing that now. John Strickland. Hate to admit it, but I think he came up with that one. <laughs> did he? Mm-hmm. Let's not give Strickland any more credit than we have to. I know he's already got too much credit. <laughs> We were also talking about, uh, well, I think how I got into my one cheating story uh, was when we was talking about weed. Yeah. And so greatest dogs of all, <laughs> greatest dogs of all time, greatest handlers of all time was our conversation yeah. at the end. And we led that with too many hunts. But uh, we've bragged about Meltdown before and what he did. Mm-hmm. We've obviously bragged on Ruby and what she's done because yep. that's amazing. And now, and I do agree that while Z... Is an amazing and congratulations for Dustin for, for being the all time winner. It has taken away some of the prestige of being the all time winner. Yep. The all time money winner. A little bit with Ruby because what Down did was so impressive as far as pure cast wins. So why don't I mean I think if you look back, Cracker. If you look back and at Triple Creek Rat. Triple Creek Rat. You know, you look at those dogs. Mm-hmm. They won a lot. Habit. If, just imagine if Habit wouldn't have got run Sunrise. Over. Yeah. I mean, you. there's a list of those dogs that aren't even on Hardwood Henry. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the list, there are some dogs that, I mean, once-in-a-lifetime dogs that are on there. Would Trader win? Forty-five thousand. Okay, so Trader won forty-five thousand dollars in PKC, and I am a huge Trader fan. The reason we're friends is because Trader is the style of dog. It wasn't because me and you meshed right off the get-go. <laughs> no, <laughs> but Trader was the style of dog that I loved, and I loved. I didn't like Trader's looks like everybody else did, but yeah. I loved the way Trader operated. I loved his mouth. I loved everything else about him. I think he looked creepier in hell, but. uh so, Trader's one of my favorite dogs. Where's he even at on the list? He ain't even... I mean, I don't even know if he's in top 100. Yes. And because it only takes four big wins now yeah. to, to, be, to be better than a dog like Trader. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I understand where you're coming from. Well, Shock's won more than he had. But when you take... Exactly. And you, and you take... But also, I want to give dogs like Trader the credit they deserve and the dogs like Rat and... And sunshine, sunrise, and all that stuff. You want to give them the credit they deserve, but I also don't want to take away from the fact that I can take. I'm hunting a young dog. We call three. Mm-hmm. We call her Meat Dog Three. She's 12 months old. She's going to make a pretty decent coon dog. I don't know if she's going to be what we want. Uh, she's treeing coons alone. Uh, she's pretty good about having coons and stuff. She's got a lot of good traits. This is a dog I probably won't keep. We probably won't keep her. And we might, we may, she may win a a million dollars for it's over with. But this was a $1,500 pup five years ago. Now she's an eight or $9,000 pup. Mm -hmm. And so if you take those hunts away, and if you take the ability for guys to win enough to make a living every week away, where's that go? $1,500 dog. Exactly. (laughs) And so... I'm hesitant to say, well, we got too many hunts because it, it's such a trickle-down effect. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I miss those days. 
I, mean, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't miss working my butt off to try to get a dog right and selling it for fifteen hundred bucks. No, no, I'm not talking about dog sales because mm-hmm. I mean we usually don't sell them. No, we don't. I mean honestly, I did though. Yeah, yeah, you know. But, but what I, what I'm talking about is I miss those days when you'd go to the Lone Star, and there'd be a hundred fifty, hundred sixty dogs yeah. sitting there. Yeah. Um, those days I do miss. Um, I. Uh, only open event that I have continuously went to. Yeah. Um you getting madness. It still draws great numbers. Don't get me wrong. But I just think those days of everybody getting together and having a good time at an open event, them are o- they're over. Well, how can we remedy that and still keep these money hunts? Because the Lone Star 5000 is a perfect example of how we can do that. Yes. I mean, them guys go above and beyond, mm-hmm. and we've already talked about what they do for the hunters and what they do for the community and what they do for everything. They go above and beyond to where there's a hunt that's just not about the money. Right. You know, that's about the environment. Mm-hmm. It's about the people. It's about fellowship and things like that. And I've always said that Texas is, it's like it's uh, its own country as far as, and I know Texans, they always think their own freaking country anyway. <laughs> but it's like their own country as far as the coon hunting world goes. Right. You'll you'll run into legends there's legends of Texas and there's legends of the rest of the of the coon hunting planet, you know. Yep. And you know, a guy like Justin Caldwell, who's a great hunter, or a guy like Jason Klom, who's a great hunter and and win nationally. In Texas I would rather draw Justin Caldwell in Texas than I would in Aurora or I would Absolutely. in Salem, you know, because it's just there's some kind of prestige about that. Yeah. And so maybe we can take notes off places like the Lone Star and we're just as guilty of it as the next bunch. Oh, absolutely. As far as not putting enough effort into our local clubs mm-hmm. and things like that, you know. So I don't know. It's six and one half and a dozen the other. I don't want to lose the opportunity, but I also don't want it to be watered down. Absolutely. I just think the prestige of things has gone away. It has to a point. Um, a platinum champion ain't a platinum champion no more. No. I mean, the days of winning $20,000, you can do it in a night now. Yeah, a platinum champion at a $6,500 hunt is two cast wins. Yeah. I or mean, three cast wins. But you can do it in a night. Yeah. So, I mean, that sort of thing has kind of went away. I mean, the prestige, UKC is another, I mean, if you, Grand Knights. Yeah. I mean, they've had to reamp their thing. I mean, it's just, there's so many hunts and they're, you know, they're, I don't know what the answer is. I wish I did know. Yeah, I don't either. But um, there's got to be a way to bring, I mean, because if you don't win a Super Stakes, a Nationals, a World Hunt, mm-hmm. now it seems like everybody's, you know, because everybody takes turns at these Pro Classics. I don't care what anybody says. Everybody gets their chance to be in the finals. Yes. Because you're hunting against basically the same group of dogs. There's other ones filtered in, but you're hunting against the same group of dogs, and it's just kind of a round robin. It's the same 30 handlers. Yes. Same 30 handlers. Yep. And those same handlers know exactly what they got to have to win. Mm -hmm. And then you take us, you to just take us, for example. We know where Rain has to go, where she's going to succeed. That's where we take her. 
and we succeed, and then sometimes we'll branch out like we did down at Lebanon, Kentucky, and we'll Which get our Which was butt, not a good idea. No, we'll get our butts kicked, and you'll run into that too. And if John Strickland's listening to this, Lebanon, Kentucky, we got to do something about the fences. Them fences are ridiculous. I mean, you need side cutters. They need, I don't, it's like someone come, th- a traveling salesman went through there and he's like, hey, I'll give you woven wire at half the price of barbed wire. Everybody bought it. Yes, and they strung it all over the place. I don't even know how he hunts half the time. As short as he is, them fences are taller than he is. <laughs> It's amazing. I got a feeling. Now, John guided me one night, and the spot looked great. That's the bad thing is they look great until you actually turn a dog loose. Until you get in the woods. Yes. And, then it's <laughs> and there's a woven wire fence about yes. 30 feet in the woods. It's not good. Anyway, going back to that stuff, I just feel there's got to be a way that we can get the prestige back in our sport. I think, first of all, we have to give more credit to cast wins instead of just money earned. That might be a way to do it, actually. Yes. Just go by strict... I mean, that would be a if headache they, to figure out, yeah. probably. If they had a champion class of some kind that was just nothing about cat, but cast wins. Yeah. You know, and UKC did that to a point where you had to have more cast wins to be a grand knight, more mm-hmm. cast wins than you had to be a, to be a knight champion, grand knight, etc. There were levels of grand knight where it took so many cast wins, and there's a Hall of Fame, which I think is 50. And so that helped them a little bit. PKC, I and I I don't want to put any more extra stress on PKC's office ladies than Brand, on Brandy and, and the ladies in the office than I want to or than I have to, but that would be something that would be... I got a challenge for them, though. <laughs> What's that? Here's my challenge to PKC. The if, y'all alt- could, if y'all could see Jed's serious face right now, <laughs> you would crack up. <laughs> the all-time leaderboard. Uh-huh. No more money. Okay. Straight cast wins. Well, they would have to start it now because I don't think you could ever figure it out from the historical oh, point. there's historical records. I'll bet they're knee-deep in there. Yeah, knee deep. <laughs> Brandy, if you're listening, we need you to find out how many cast wins every dog in PKC history has. Yeah, I definitely want to know what Silver Dollar Cracker had. It was a bunch. I mean, to win $100,000, he had a, a lot of cast wins. There's $72. Uh, no, them were 10 and $15 hunts, I think, back then, most of them. But anyway, I think that'd be a great way to do it. Okay, so let's start doing that. You know, it don't have to be historical but even start doing it now yeah you know say a a guy and if you just had champion classes for it you know uh, a pkc champion now was 15 cast wins you couldn't be a pkc champion if you won thirty thousand dollars unless you got 15 cast wins that would give some kind of credibility to it that'd be interesting so roger dale shane Patton. All the guys at PKC, if you're listening. Get on it. Yeah, you know, we're, we're calling you out. <laughs> oh, by the way, I wanted to thank you uh-huh. for oh. running down to get Shine for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, should we make that announcement? That's up to you. I'm going to make the announcement. All right. When is How old's Trick? Trick is five. Is she that old? They have to be five because Rain and those guys are six. Huh. All right. So, the very first litter out of National Champion, Stylish Trader, in five years, will be born in... December. In December. Is she right showing before, yet? Well, no, not quite yet. It's only yeah. a couple of weeks, but... 
What if, with, she, if we make this announcement and she don't show, we're going to be really embarrassed. That's a possibility. But yeah. We had Gerard, Kansas do it, Mesa Animal Clinic. They are Clinic, the best. And they are phenomenal. Shout out to Mesa Animal Clinic if you're going to AI a dog. Yes. They get it right all the time. They have done, In Gerard, Kansas. They have done a phenomenal job yeah. for us in the past. I mean, like Shorty, that was the last yep. one. And Would she have eight or nine pups? Fourteen. Or? Oh, that's right. She had a bunch. And then she was. Some of them were born, still born. Yeah. But that was Trick and Aaron's dog, Sin, Sin. and that litter. Yeah. Yep. And so I went and picked up Shine the other day, which Jetted. is one of the last living females out of Tequila Sunrise. That's I was getting ready to mention. That is of Tequila directly off Tequila and Squeak. Yes. Directly off Tequila Sunrise. And Schooner River Squeaky, who is directly off Bark. Yep. And one of the top reproducing females that I'm familiar with. That is Con's mama. That yep. is Bella's mama. That is Dempsey's mama. Uh, so Shine is bred to Trader. Yep. And we're going to have a litter of, of Trader by Shine puppies coming here pretty quick. Because we really got sick of this watered down stuff we've been hunting here lately. <laughs> and there's another thing I want to touch on. As you know, as well as I do, that I've never been a big fan of of going backwards. Nope. Now, I'm, I was a proponent of this because the only reason I was a, pro- a proponent of this is because we never bred Shine to Trader when they were both living. No. And that was always an idea and always something yep. we knew would work, but we just never did it. Yep. And now we got the opportunity to do it. Well, it's just like last time. And we were just talking about three. Yeah. And that's... Three is out of Shine. Yes. And meet Joe Black. Yes. That was Shine's last litter. Joe's. And it was Joe's last litter. It was Joe's last litter because he died in that unfortunate hunting accident down at Sean Woods. Uh, Right after he bred her. Yeah. Like he bred her that day day. and died that night. Yes. He fell out of a... We don't know if he fell out of a tree. We're guessing he fell out of a tree or something. He broke his spinal cord. And so, Yeah. Shine and Trader. And I've never been a fan of going backwards, but I think this was one of the instances. Like when Con was what I wanted to be and knew what I wanted to be, we we got rid of all the dud semen. Yeah. We we quit storing it because and we're gonna, you know, breed breed con. So I mean yeah. I've never been a fan of going backwards, but we did it this time. And I think it's gonna work. Well, it's either gonna be a hoorah. Yeah. Or, or whoops. Yep. What a waste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that'd be the first litter of trader pups in five years. Yep. It'll be kind of nice to have yeah. some pups running around. Out it will there. be because we haven't, we're hunting pretty old dogs. Yeah. Con six, Rain's six. And right now we're kind of getting to the point where we might be puppy poor here before long. Yeah. Um, Because we got that knot pup that's running around yep. here. And then we got the razor by Ab. Uh, Bailey pup. Yep. And then we'll have these trader pups. Then you got your, then we got the 12 month old pup yep. out of Shining Joe. Yep. So, I mean, we're, one of these days, Trader Inc. will be back. Yeah. And I'm going to give you a chance to defend yourself. What's that? Did you hear the Big Country podcast? Oh, little strictly. <laughs> oh, Trader, Trader, Trader. There's a reason you stick with what you know. I ain't like John Strickland, for one. And I'm gonna. I love John Strickland. I to do death. too. But John Strickland, he will buy, sell, or get anything off the street that he can get to win. To win. And you want to do it differently. And I'm just a different person. There ain't nothing wrong with. It. We're just on two. I want to make my line successful. 
Strickland don't care where it comes from. No, he didn't even know what heels was out of. That doesn't shock me. <laughs> I'm surprised he knew what country was out of. I'm guessing he researched that before the he podcast. He probably did. He, I don't think he ever mentioned country's dad. Well, he probably don't know no, it. Probably but didn't. I'm going to tell you right now, Strickland, he he has an eye for a winner, yep. buys them, continues to win. Strickland has always been real sharp about what dogs he buys. Absolutely. Yeah, really has. Yep. And not everybody can do that. Yeah. I mean, everybody's bought a few duds, and I'm sure Strickland's bought some duds. I, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but Strickland's good about buying a dog and sticking with it until yep. he can't win with it no more, and then he'll, yep. he'll get another one, and he's good about getting the next but one. But I will say one thing. What John Strickland did that was probably the dumbest thing he ever did in his entire life. What's that? Was put country away. Yeah, you think so? I wouldn't have ever bred that dog. I would have hunted him. Because that dog, when he was winning... He was uh, he was he was about unbelievable. He? he was unbelievable. But people don't understand. No, I mean it, unless you've seen him in ca- in a cast, and I hunted with the dog. I don't know how many times, but man, I never seen him look bad. I never seen him have an off night. I don't want to ever hunt with him again. But consistency—that's no. what I seen out of the dog, and you don't get that out of all these mm-hmm. dogs that we're hunting now. We used to have it. We don't have it anymore. I heard. I heard a rumor. What's that? I heard a rumor, and it was a good rumor. It was, I mean, I don't want to tell tales out of school, but I hear country's getting hunted pretty hard again. Well, that's good. I think country's. I hope they do bring him back. I hope they do, too. Because one thing I know about Ashley and John. They ain't going to take him if he ain't ready. They ain't going to take him if he ain't ready. That's a fact. And I think they're tired of some of the hate country's been getting. Yeah. And I think they may have. This country's been getting a lot of exercise lately. I'll just but, say that. He may never see another cast, but if he shows up at some $5,000 or $6,500 entry hunt and they're ready. auctioning that dog off, I'm, I'm going to buy him. Yeah. If he's in a Calcutta, I'm buying that dog because I know what that dog's capable of. And nobody else that hasn't hunted with him does. Yeah. They don't know. That dog will beat your brakes off, and there's nothing you can do about it if he's right. Yeah. But I will say one thing. Strickland, I respect what you said, but I'm coming for you. (laughs) Just get ready. I will have something out of my line. He said, Jed Finley is traitor this, traitor that. Yeah. I'm going (laughs) to stick with it. I mean, I'm ne- I've never jumped off the old no. my own bandwagon Look. just because we're getting beat. I mean, I like the Raiders for God's sakes. <laughs> When's the last time they've been good? I mean, it that's just why I it ain't like we're getting our brakes beat off of us. Well, that you it, got it, just as far as Strickland did at this year's World Hunt. I think I got further. I think you may have got a cast farther. Yeah, and it ain't like me and Rain didn't win a few casts last year. I know, you but, know. The consistency of winning, we've been streaky. Yeah. We ain't as consistent as we were. No, we're not. You're right. You're right. We went, I, we, but, we'll hit a hot streak with a dog, and the dog will get cold for a while. But I will say one thing. What's that? That's partially to do with me. That's partially to do with you freaking mule deer hunting all the time. I was just going to say, I've been doing a lot more stuff than just yeah. coon hunting. I haven't been hunting as hard as I normally no. do either. I've been hunting as much as I can, Yeah, you know, but... We, we're working. We got. I got small kids. You got I mean, mule deer to kill. Business to run. <laughs> Good lord! And so we've our consistency is is and it's just as far as our effort goes. 
You know, oh, yeah. we're it, just as consistent as the effort we put out. Yes. That's right. I don't think it's a dog problem. No, because if you look at it, when I took rain and hunted her before you went to Memphis, mm-hmm. you got it most nights. Yep. Um, world hunt, I don't know what to say about that because hunted, she was looking good. We hunted pretty hard coming into world hunt. Right. Even I was, go- I wasn't hunting as hard as you was because I was working and I had the kids. But I was hunting. And Jed was hunting three, four, five, six nights a week. And that dog, and I remember telling you, Three or four times, I was like, this is the best chance we've ever had of winning a world hunt. And yeah. that was without, that's not counting Trader and Whitey and Con when he was good and Duds yeah. when we took him out there and he was hot and Bella and all these dogs where we thought we'd be, well, if we just got in the final four, we'd be happier. If we got in, we'd be happy. Like, I was shocked when I didn't get in on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I thought we were, but it just goes to show you how hard it is to win out there. Me and Zane yeah. talked about that too. It was a hard Hard to win out there. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, Jed, any closing, any closing thoughts? We've been at this for quite a while. We, yeah. we might have to cut some of this out, but uh, <laughs> no, I just uh, again congratulations on the new job. Thank you. Uh, Joy Dog Food. I know they're gonna. Uh, they've really stepped up the plate. I know they've helped out with a lot of youth hunts and yeah. you know donating to some of the littler stuff. And I want. Um, I want to just say, and Jed, you've known me as long as anybody. I don't just go jump on a bandwagon because they pay me because I've never cared if I made a dime or if I didn't make a dime or whatever. Money's never done nothing for me. But Joy, and I'm going to give them a little plug here. Uh, we went. Well, you should because you're working for. That's them. true, and, but no, I shouldn't because this is completely separate from them. Even though they are a sponsor of the podcast and stuff like that, this ain't why I'm doing it. But uh, we went. I went out there with Chip Kozier this week and or last week, and we went to every small town, uh, salt of the earth feed store and stuff like that. And we were talking to these people that sell Joy Dog Food, and these were customers of ours. These are dealers of ours. And they're really trying to bring the people that that made them successful in the first place back. And nobody's doing that anymore. Nope. Everybody's selling the tractor supply and Orsalins and Walmart and things Mm -hmm. like that. And Joy's took a different route. And I I mean, I don't want to I don't want to just do this and people think that I'm a company man because that's not it. I've got to meet so many great people these last week. You know, these are small-town feed store owners in South Missouri and Oklahoma and Kansas and even up here around the house. And, man, these are people that just love their business. They love America. They love working dogs, and they love pet owners, and they love farmers. And these are just small country stores that we all grew up in. I Mm -hmm. mean, 90% of the people I hang out with bought their first pocket knife at a store just like this. You know what I mean? And that's who Joy supports. And Joy supports us as far as our sport goes, and they're doing mm-hmm. so much in it, youth hunts, small clubs, things like that. And then they're not only doing that, but they're supporting these small businesses, and I just think it's important. I'm excited and proud to work for them. Yeah. I really am. I mean, I'm, I'm just completely proud. So thanks to Wade and Chip and all these guys that brought me in because it's been fantastic. Yep. I think it'll be, I, you know, from their motto, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that could, including kennel clubs. Yeah that could take a look at their model of business. Okay, hold on. You went, you, went, you went something there. <laughs> I know we were going to close this up, but now I got, I got to dig a little deeper and, 
And as, as Chris Powell would say, I'm going to peel the layers off his onion a little bit. And I talked about this with Chip. And you've, we, we mentioned Roger Dale early, mm-hmm. earlier. I love Roger Dale. Mm-hmm. Roger Dale, thank you for the Dunkin', Dunkin' Donuts coffee at the World Hunt. About time you stepped up. <laughs> Roger Dale bought me good coffee so I would call out the cast at the World Hunt. He did. I, that's all I asked for, and he, get, he delivered, and it was fantastic. I drank a lot of it. But uh, Alan and Trevor, them guys are great at UKC. And, and they're great for the sport. Roger Dale and Shane and all the guys at PKC and the ladies in the office, Brandy and them, they're great too. But I feel like you feel that they could do more. I think that's where you were going with that. And it's being put on members to do the more, right. not the actual company. And... It's being put on sponsors, which sponsors are great. Yeah. Kudos to Joy for helping PKC. Mm-hmm. Kudos to Joy for helping UKC and for AKC Beagles yep. and UKC Beagles. They, I don't want them to stop yep. doing that. But when it comes to uh, fighting animal rights groups like the HSUS yes. or when it comes to supporting local clubs or when it comes to supporting the members that are paying the youth entry hun- fees. Youth hunters. And, you, and when it comes to supporting youth hunters – I think they could I think they could step up and do a little more and I think most yep. of the hunters think the same way. Yeah. And it's not that we're not grateful for everything they've done because yep. we are. I mean, if it wasn't for the professional kennel club, I wouldn't be able to go to La Plata yep. and, and win that money next Absolutely. weekend or two weekends from now or whenever it is. We I don't even know when it is. That's how ready our dogs are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I think I think you're right. I think they could they could maybe step up a little bit and as far as the state law level, as far mm-hmm. as, you know, maybe a little bit of campaigning for certain things. I yeah. mean, maybe a little fundage, maybe a little just whatever. Remember where you came from. Yes. And support the sport. Because that's what Joy's doing. Yes. And yeah, kudos to Joy for, for bringing back and supporting the people that, that made them in the first place. Exactly. And that's that's, that's, that's what, what it's all about. That's what Chip and Wade both said to me. Is we, we, we're not going to remember or forget who brought us here, who yep. got us here, you know. So. And that's one thing I think if we, you know, and I hate to say it, but PKC's gotten to the point where it's us members doing these youth hunts. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, I love to do it. I mean, because I remember when I was a kid, yeah. I wish I had this stuff. But I think it's time for, you know, as an organization, um, put up or shut up. Yeah. I mean, because you and I and Yant and Freiberger, Roger Dale, we're not around forever. No, we're not going to so be around forever. So you, you got to get back to your roots on that sort of stuff and get, you know, a new line of people in, a new... You know, and do it as an organization, not as individual people out, you know, as members. And I was sitting at the motel, uh, one of our, I don't know how many motels I stayed at last week. It was a bunch. It's wild on the road. It's fun. I love it. It was great. I love it. But it was, I don't, half the time I'd be asking Chip, and Chip wouldn't even be in. I said, what town are we in? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> how many miles did you put on? I put 1,900 miles on my truck this week. Wow. Yeah. And worth every penny. But... We were at the motel, 
and Chip had a lot of the old ads and a lot of old pictures, historical stuff from Joy. Yeah. And it was his grandfather started it, his dad owned it. I mean, and they were, people don't remember how big of a part of UKC and PKC they were back then. But they had a youth hunt. I believe it was the PKC Youth World Championship. And they had bought every single kid a wick coat. And they'd done a lot of stuff for the kids, Joy did. And looking back at that, and looking back, I mean, they used to buy the truck. Yes. For the truck hunt. Yep. The, the, the entries, back, di- entries didn't buy it. See, that was back when the truck, you didn't have to pay to hunt at the no, truck hunt. No, exactly. Now you got to pay a $250 entry fee <laughs> after you spend $10,000 trying to get a freaking truck ticket. But anyway, I mean, it was just, and this is part of our discussion, kind of the theme of this podcast has been, you know, getting back to where we are and what we were, what made us, you know, mm-hmm. what we are today. And Joy's doing a great job of that, and I think we could all, not just PKC, but me and Jed Finley and Trader Inc. and and all the members and all the coon clubs and the UKC and the whatever, ACHA, if they're still a freaking thing or whatever. I mean... Pro sport. Anybody with a business. Yes. I mean, really, to be honest with you, anybody with a business. Yeah. You know, remember where where you started. Yeah. And I've I've got a lot of that this week, and it's really opened my eyes to a lot of things. But yeah, I think you're right. I think I think everybody could do more. That's why we went back to Trader and Shine. Yeah, I mean, I could have went to Squeak where it all started, but she <laughs> done passed away. So I'm going to the next thing. Let's go back to where it all started and see what happens. Yeah, you know, good point, Jed. Yeah, I don't say that very often to you. Usually, I'm just arguing with you and saying you're dumb, and you're saying I'm 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 not I'm nearsighted but whatever (laughs) but that was my whole point of going to this cross is because i'm going back to where it start where i started you know i started this out with trader by squeak you did and now i'm going back to the closest thing to her as i could get yeah you know it just happens it has one of my other favorite dogs i still think i still think you need to open some of these trader mails up to the public i tell you what I'll be a Kurt Erring. You go show up with a thousand dollars by God, we'll do her. Cause Shock's gonna reproduce. Boy, I don't know. I haven't seen much out of him. Well, you got Tammy, and you got King, and you got that uh, female Yance, and you got we got two crosses. Well, I know you've only bred two or three females to it. Give the dog <laughs> think, a break. I think we got four. Yeah. Well, whatever. Maybe three or four. But you look at Shock, Ralph, Bones. I just don't like to deal with the public, though. I know you don't. But you're gonna have to bite the bullet. And get some pups on the ground. Hey, Josh is going to be on the road with Joy Dog Food. Look him up. He can breed your dog while he's on the road. I'm not toting shock barking around in my freaking dog box all week long. Put him in the back seat. He'll be great. Oh, no. He ain't getting in the back seat of that new Jimmy. I can promise you that, son. All right. Jed, thanks for joining me. Yep. Thank I, you. It was a wonderful podcast. I think we touched on a lot of things that we're going to expand on. Yeah. And also, I want to talk about what we got coming up. Uh, this was actually going to be, I was going to get Cheyenne and Jennifer and Dalton Cummings all on the podcast this week, but I was so far away from them by the time I got done last week and they were busy, uh, Friday when I was coming home. So I'm going to get with them on Monday. I got to go down there and do some stuff for, for work. So I'm going to, I'm going to talk to them and get them on the podcast too. And also we have a veterinarian. Uh, did you hear, did you listen to the thyroid podcast? 
All I got to say is the thyroid is real. <laughs> me and Jed are going to argue just like me and Zane did. But uh, we found a veterinarian. Great. Uh, yeah, his name's Garrett. He's from Virginia. I'm going to try to. Actually, I'm sitting here looking on my phone right now. I remembered his first name. I did not remember his last name. Uh, I've spoken to him. Great guy, Houndsman. He's hunting a dog off Wipeout Slim right now. He would be a great one to talk to. Yep, I believe he'd be a great one to talk to. Maybe he uh, can figure out all my problems in my dog. Dr. Bailey. The man's name is Dr. Garrett Bailey. He's from Virginia. He's a houndsman. He's dealt with thyroid issues before. He's got some experience there, so he's agreed to be on the podcast. He's going to get a hold of me this week. Uh, we are going to get Cheyenne and Jennifer Cummings. Of course, they're in Dalton. They're famous for Redneck Mafia and for... Uh, um, oh, several dogs. Cheyenne's been around for a long time. Them guys are great guys too. So we're gonna get them on there. So we got some really good stuff coming up for the truth, and uh, we just hope everybody stays tuned and, and enjoys what we got coming. But yeah, I think this went well. I just hope you get old Barry Kitty on here. One Barry Kitty's gonna. I tell you, Guy Manning's gonna be on here too, whether he yeah. likes it or not. Guy Manning yeah. is a living. There's not many ex NBA <laughs> African American coon hunters. Nope. There's not. Nope. I can't. I'm pretty sure Guy's the only one. And Guy is also a Texas legend. Yep. He's awesome. Oh, my gosh, he's so fun to hunt yep. with. He's yep. just fun to visit with. Guy's yep. just fun to hang out with. Yep. No, matter, no matter what you're doing or where you're at, Guy's great. In Texas, uh, they're, they're... We might have to have a podcast with Kevin. I, we're going, Kevin's getting on here. Yeah. When we're at camp, we're doing a podcast from camp. Yeah. Because I want Kevin... Yeah, you may not want Kevin on here because Kevin's going to tell Jed Finley stories. Hey, Jed Finley stories from Texas. <laughs> I can tell you right now, I'll precurse this one and say one night I got a little wild on a cast and we had a police escort back to the clubhouse. Because uh-huh. if people don't know, Kevin is the Leon County Sheriff. Yes. And the fact that he hangs out with a convict like you, it's a miracle he still got that job. Hey, I'm the reason he's got the job. <laughs> Kevin's awesome. Man, one of my best friends on the planet. And I know he's one of yours too. He's great. Yes, sir. Whole family's great. Yep. Yeah. Kevin and Karen and the girls, man, they're yep. awesome down there. I love it. I'm looking forward to getting down yep. there. They treat you like family. They do. And you really feel like family. I feel when I walk into camp, it feels like I'm walking in my front door. Absolutely. I mean, that's not a feeling you get everywhere else. That is pretty much my front door. That winter. is. Jed, Jed spends about all winter down there. I'm getting pretty close. Yeah. I'm getting pretty close to being down there all winter. So. All right, we're going to shut her down. Well, thanks uh, for having me again. Yeah, Jed, thanks for joining us. And one thing about it, if I need if I need some good content, Jed's only 45 minutes away. We went over, we, we brought the kids, we ate some supper, we had a great time, we got this recorded, so that was good. But, uh, Jed, thanks for joining me. Yep, thank you, and we'll see you all next time. All right, this is The Truth on the Houndsman XP Podcast Network. This is Josh McKayla signing off. Thanks for listening. <laughs>